everyone and good morning. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Before we go on to our guest, I wanted to talk to you guys about collaboration. Now, what do I mean when I say that? Well, we are in a day and age where unemployment is rising across the world and a large part of the population hit are artists and others, of course. And I've been collaborating and working with local artists to create content that is both inspirational and moving. And instead of looking at people in my field as competition, and I want to see them as talent and talent that I can learn from, work with and create wonderful things. So I guess all I'm trying to say is that I want you to open your eyes to the possibilities around you and the resources on your doorstep and the freedom that it will give you to both create and achieve. Now, on that note, I want to introduce Afif Ayad. Afif is the founder of Shabi Mas'uliyati and Watani Albu. I have brought him onto the show today because Afif made a large career change and a risky one. We want to know why, what was the driving factor? What has he achieved so far? So to show us what is possible, Afif Ayad, welcome to the show. Hi, Sophie. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's amazing. I'm so happy that you're with us. I also know that a lot of your staff have unfortunately maybe come down with the Rona. So I'm glad to see that you're okay. Uh, we heard and we saw that you were distributing masks for free to the population. So Afif, why do you do this? And before we get onto this, uh, why did you make this big career change that I mentioned earlier to our listeners, just so they understand what the importance is behind the discussion today? Yes, definitely, Sophie. Sophie, this, this whole project started almost a year and a half ago, and uh, you realize suddenly when you're good at something, it's very important to share it with your brothers and sisters in, in the country. And uh, we got to the point where we cannot rely on anyone but each other. So uh, I used to work abroad, used to work in Saudi, decided to quit my job, leave my job, come back to Beirut and start sharing my expertise with others. And we started off by creating Shabi Masuliyati, and later on we created Watani Albi. Shabi Masuliyati is all about giving back to the community. Uh, at some point it involved 130 volunteers in 14 different areas in the country. And the project was really big. And now we're more focused on developing sustainable projects. Coming to the point of what's going on now at Shabi, uh, we're focusing on being part of the fight against COVID. And we're actually, uh, we, we received a lot of donations when it comes to that, and we're distributing oximeters and masks and hand gel and sanitizer. So we're actually being part of this battle so that the country can open again and we can try to live a normal life. Wow. So uh, everyone, you've heard how he, uh, Afif, has actually developed. Now, Afif, what was your main goal? Uh, I know we've, ha we've had several discussions and a lot of these discussions started around October yeah. 17, 2020, yeah. when you head to the streets and you wanted to make a difference in your country. Now, I think it's best for our listeners to understand a little bit of your background. Uh, yeah. Afif did work in FNB and he worked for Fatal and he worked with Bacardi. So Afif has been uh, very uh, involved in the corporate industry, shall we say. So this is a bit of a 180 for you in, in that sense, you know, yeah. you, you've uh, you've taken away this corporate life, this security, you know, being able to go to the office from nine to five, knowing that you're going to get your paycheck and, um, you know, doing the marketing and all of that for the brands. Now, 
you're in a situation where you're sort of heading up your own NGO. You uh, you started this, I think, I believe, <laughs> because of the passion that you felt uh, for the revolution. So for all of our listeners, why would you do a 180 like that in a country that is already suffering from an economic crisis, from a financial crisis, from a political crisis, from a COVID crisis? I mean, I can sit here, the list goes on. Very true. Um, Sophie, so I, I worked in the corporate world for almost 10 years. I worked in really big brands and multinationals. So like, as you said, Patal, and then I was part of Nestle, J&J distribu Distribution and Hertz in, in Saudi. But I always had this, this feeling inside of me that uh, I could do more for, for the country, especially when I lived abroad. So being an expat, that was bad because your brain is in the office in whatever country you live in, but your heart is in Beirut. And, and that, that, that's really tiring when, you, when you're, you're abroad. So I always said that one day I will come back home and I will do good for the community. I will open my own businesses here and I want to be where I belong, where I was raised and, and where I lived, where I spent so much time with my friends and family. So before going to, to Watani, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Shabi. Shabi, Shabi came up exactly right in the revolution. The revolution was bound to happen at some point in life. You know, it's like it's like getting a credit card, spending the credit card, getting another credit card, spending it, and then you keep doing that for 30 years, and then suddenly no one no one wants to give you a credit card, and then everything explodes, and and then you realize that we lived off of an illusion, of a of bougie Louis Vuitton life in Lebanon, comparing us to the other countries in the Levant area around us, they don't live the same way that we do, and we have to change the way that we live, all of us. And this is where Shabi came as a, as a support and relief for the families that were directly impacted by everything that has been going on in the past two years. And now, at the moment, we, we're trying to be as uh, logical as possible, saying that the damage has happened and we need to accept the change. And, and change is going to happen and it's about promoting uh, and accepting the change that the country is going to go through. And we're not going to live the same way that we lived before, but the problem is it happened so quickly that everyone is in shock. People went bankrupt, companies closed, and people lost their money. And this is where we come as an NGO just to say, all right, guys, we need to calm down. What do you need so that we can get you back on your feet on later stages since this is our plan to develop and create sustainable uh, projects? Well, you know, you just mentioned the word education, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, you a lot of people would say to you, Afif, but uh, the a lot of the Lebanese are highly educated. You know, a lot of yeah. them are the diaspora. As you said, there's 12 million diaspora that are outside of the country. Uh, I would say that most of them are highly educated. If they're not just carrying um, a bachelor's degree, some of them are yeah. carrying masters and PhDs. In the country itself, we have a great educational system. There are not a lot of uh, children that are uneducated. Um, if I am wrong, please do correct me if you have the stats. But I don't think what you meant when you said education, you're talking about the um, normal education which I am flagging right now. So what is this re-education that you believe is necessary in order to take or propel this country to the to the to the placement it needs to have in the international community exactly so it's all about adapting to the changes that the country is going through economically so now we had devaluation and inflation at the same time on a massive scale we need to adapt to that so we need to educate each other on how to live the day-to-day -day life in in this new situation so it is shocking at the beginning but we really need to help each other and i really urge everyone that has a big influence and uh 
pages and platforms um, to really speak about things in a positive way and not just promote everything bad and the negative stuff that have been going on in the country. It's, it's going to be really, really tough on everyone, but we're going to have to go through that as a community together. And I always say to the team and to everyone, um, it's not about person success these days. It's about uh, a community and a group success. So we're either going to succeed as a country together or we're going to fail all together. So it's not about one person. It's about everyone all together. And when it comes to talents, this is sad. I think we're the biggest exporters of talents in the world. And uh, this has to change. And this is where our NGOs, and there's multiple in the country, these young brands and companies that are giving hope for people to stay here as well. People start thinking about leaving Lebanon before they even graduate. So that's that's sad. And what we try to do and everything that we do every day is just to give them a glimpse of hope, saying just let's fight this together. And we want everyone to stay here and stop being exporters of talents. Yeah, uh, Lebanon has always been referred to as a country that does have a very, very, very large brain drain. Uh, you did mention to me now, you know, that you are talking to the people that have influence in the country. We do have mm. a lot of influencers, you know, Lebanese influencers. What do you expect from them? What type of uh, what type of discourse or rhetoric do you do you expect them to be delivering? I mean, they are influencers because they've managed to influence in a certain field, per se. They don't necessarily have the background and the information to be able to create some form of culture change or uh, awareness unless they've decided to change who they are and what they were delivering in the first place. So that's one point that I'd like to bring up. And another thing that I'd like to bring up is you were talking about working together, um, coming together as a community and uh, being able to elevate the country or, or, or take the country to a place where it's finally relieved from all of the crises that it's in. And as an NGO, how are you finding that? Are you being, a, uh, you mentioned there are multiple, there are copious amounts of NGOs. Are you managing to collaborate with them? Are you managing to come together? Is there um, challenges on that front? Uh, I do believe that I've heard quite a few times that um, the biggest problem is bringing all of these people to the table and getting them to agree. So it sounds a bit like our politicians. Uh, so <laughs> what faith have we got there? Hey, uh, he, best, let's talk about one point. It's, th this is what I mentioned when it's not about a personal success and it's not about one NGO success. No one's going to be the hero in the country. There isn't an NGO, an entity, or a business or a brand that's going to rescue the whole country. So I, I always say we should all come together and sit down and put egos aside and, and really talk with each other and really assess and see what each uh, NGO or brand can, can give to the country based on how, what, what their specialty is. Uh, th this is hard, but things are getting better. And this is where people are realizing that we really need to work together and, and we can't do it on, on our own. So we need to share resources and, and uh, talent. Sharing resources and talents is a great uh, utopic vision, I'm guessing. Um, I, I have a friend, he, he works for one of the largest NGOs, and he said to me, there have been so many times that we have gone to the drawing board, we have sat everyone at the table, and it's just like everyone wants their own piece of something. Now, if, if, if we're talking about education, we're talking about re-education, and we're trying to understand how to move the population forward, and we're still playing the same games among the civil servants and that our politicians are paying. I mean, how hard is this going to be? 
And is this type, is this an example that you being in your uh, mid thirties want to set for the youth that are currently fighting at universities for secular and independent positions? I mean, what type of leaders are you, are you, are, are you going to be? Okay, so so at some stage it's it's, it's hypocrite. You're right. You're 100 percent right. So we we're hypocrites sometimes. And the change. This is when you realize realize a year later that the change has to start within. So it starts off with me personally and the team itself and how we, how we think and how we behave and how we act in society and how we start putting our uh, ego aside and this. Uh, this way of me, myself, and I only know it's not about me, myself, and I. We need to sit down together and we need to talk. And the change has to start start within and on a personal basis. And this is what everyone is working on. This this will take time because we're not used to it. But we 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 are getting there and we will get there uh, so quickly. Okay, so let's move on to a lighter note. And uh, I would like you to tell us, you know, what have you achieved so far with the NGOs? I know uh, they're not so old, you know, they go back at least maybe a year and a half. They, they're quite newborn, if we want to say, you know, they're your babies, you're nurturing them. So where, where have you start? Where did you start? Where have you reached? And what are you hoping for um, by the end of 2021? So technically, Watani is a proper brand and a business that employs at the moment 11 staff. So we'll talk about that later. Going back to Shabi, Shabi last year managed to support and help around 4,000 people in the country. And we worked on multiple campaigns. One campaign was about providing food, hot meals, and hygiene materials and products. Second one was educational. And the third one was awareness campaigns. But we realized that that wasn't enough. So the plan for 2021 is to develop long-term sustainable projects where uh, we start creating and developing proper uh, incomes for families in need in, in Lebanon and not just being providing them with, with, with a box of food that will last only for two weeks. No, we need to make them part of a system that uh, they can rely on themselves. We put them in a place where they can actually start generating their own money and not have to depend on us all the time or depend on anyone. And we give them back their dignity. I know it's very hard to ask for help all the time. And that, and that is something we feel amongst the, the community. And when it comes to Watani, Watani was, a, Watani was a project of mine that started almost two years ago. It was an idea, but what was missing was the team for it. And then after the, the revolution, I met the right people. And you know, you know the guys. Um, they have the sense, the same sense of patriotism, and they really feel that they want to stay here and they want to fight for the country here, but they need to have an income. And this is where Watani promotes very important pillars of the Lebanese economy, which is agriculture, production, food products, and now we're going into uh, tourism. And I always say that we don't need ambassadors. Every Lebanese should be an ambassador for, for Lebanon, and they should promote Lebanon in, in a proper way, and they should talk about it in globally and internationally and try to get as much support in the four main pillars that the country can um, be, be relying on. And this is where it starts. It's all about having proper a proper base to build the economy on, not what, not what happened. And we saw 30 years of corruption and, and theft. And when the money disappeared, we had no projects to, 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 to rely on or to base ourselves on. We lost everything. But now this time, it's us. We are going to create the projects that will have the base for the country. Well, 
it's there's so much hope there there's so much inspiration there and uh, i think the most interesting part of all of it is creating the sustainable income the sustainable infra infrastructure to give people back their dignity to give them the chance to stand on their own two feet however um lebanon has never really survived on its own lebanon has always uh, been given handouts shall we say a lot of it came from the gcc countries and lots have come from europe and since our establishment is failing in that sense and uh we have lost um, the support that we had internationally. Uh, yesterday, I watched Hadley Gamble, and she was interviewing someone from the UAE leadership. And they basically said, you know, we love Lebanon. We've always loved Lebanon. We've always been there to help Lebanon. But currently, they have A, B, C, D, E, F, G going on. And we really just don't want a part in this and don't want to play a part in this. And it will be at all involved. And we've been now waiting nearly a year for Macron to even try to gather together the international aid that the country was so relying on. And we haven't even seen anything develop there. So as a person that's really trying to develop the infrastructure and the sustainability of the country, you do rely on these donors and you do rely on these um, aid packages that come from abroad, whether it be the diaspora, whether it be country, whether it be a culture uh, a segment of a ministry. God knows, I'm not too sure what the logistics are in that sense. However, you rely on that. So for you to do what you need to do, what are you going to do about this isolation that is taking place and how Lebanon is being completely isolated from its one so-called friends and family and partners and diplomacy and foreign policy? Very true, Sophie. So, so now we're talking on a what we just told us is on a macro scale, which is on a, on a, on a country to country basis. But when it comes to us, what we do in terms of the civil society and our brands and everything that goes around us, we rely on the diaspora. And the diaspora for us are uh, our ambassadors abroad, and they're the ones technically, technically funding everything that we do. So let's say we have our own uh, community now of people that are executing and implementing projects in Lebanon on a small scale. That's to begin with. That is being funded by Lebanese that have the sense of the same sense of love and patriotism for the country and hope that live abroad. So this is this is how this is how it's working. My good friend Rachel Mas and I were having a talk a couple of days ago, and we were saying that this is beautiful how a community is being born now. People that can sit together in, in a place and we can actually not talk about politics, not talk about religion, and just have a normal conversation where we're all on the same level of a, of a mindset. And that's very interesting. If we can put everything bad aside and, and, and we can really have a proper uh, proper community that's based on, on, on love, who, uh, people coming together. It's very important. Like they, they separated us so badly over 30 years, created internal problems between people, and it's ridiculous. And when you come to the truth, people don't have a problem with each other. It's, it's what was embedded in us over 30 years that doesn't make sense to us anymore. And the people that are managing or running the country now, they don't reflect us. They don't reflect the people that live in it anymore. We have, I've, I wasn't born in the Civil War. I don't even know what happened, and I don't even want to know the history of it. I just, I just know everything that happened after that, and I want people to represent me that have the same mindset, future sustainable growth, and not have to rely on, on external, uh, on the world, internationally to survive. This is ridiculous. You can't live off, off loans because the bubble will burst again at some point.
I think that was very, very, very well said. And I appreciate what you what you just said to us. The bubble always bursts, no matter no matter how large it gets. And that's why we are. I think we've all been slapped with COVID. It's the time to wake up, time to understand what we've done to our planet, what we've done to ourselves. As you said, how we have become this individualistic society where me, me, myself and I, I come first. I need to eat. I need to this. I, it's my family. This is me. I need to make sure. Uh, well, if you don't make sure that the others around you survive, how do you think you're going to survive in the future? So thank you very much for those words of wisdom. And I'd like to give you the, the floor now. Um, I do this with some of my guests and you do have the listener's attention. And uh, is there anything that you would like to leave with them today? Okay, so thank you, Sophie, for, for today and giving me the chance. I really, really hope that everyone keeps supporting us. I don't want anyone to lose hope uh, in Lebanon. Uh, there's a lot of people that decided to stay here and, and fight for the country. Uh, it's very important to make sure that we are being supported. And I always say, just don't forget about Lebanon. Keep talking about Lebanon. Uh, we have a long way to go and just be sure that we're not leaving it behind. Afif, thank you very, very much. Everyone who's listening as uh, this discussion does revolve around um, community support we are a crowdfunded organization and we do rely on donations so if you would like to pass over a dollar or so <laughs> you can head to the website at levantx.com and thank you all for listening if you would like to follow the instagram pages or any of the social media pages that belong to afif's brand i'm going to ask him to list them for you now so you guys can check out what he's doing, donate directly, and create some awareness. Awesome. So there's, there's Shabi Masulieti, there's Watani Elbi, and once you're on Watani Elbi, it takes you to the rest of the brands. So these two are important. And uh, I don't think we have discussed it. So if we do have any diaspora listening, um, Watani does have a Muni store, so there are a lot of things that you can pick up if you're feeling homesick, the za'atar, the jam, <laughs> the mawadid. So do hit them up. You can catch them on social media. They answer fairly quickly. And I just want to say thank you very much for joining us again today, Hafif, and uh, keep on uh, the great work. Thank you, Sophie.